Greetings, listeners in listener land. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. We originate from and connect the gateway city to our country's current cultural fabric and lives. Arnold, why are you playing a Christmas carol song? It's April 29th. For those of you who are listening live, but if you're listening at a different time, it's April 29th, and I'm playing a Christmas carol music. And that's because we're talking to someone from the St. Louis Christmas Carols Association, and there's a linkage because something's coming up very quickly. We would like to welcome Elizabeth Hogan, who actually is director of choirs at Washington University in St. Louis, and she's executive director of the St. Louis Christmas Carols Association. Welcome, Elizabeth, to St. Louis in Tune. I am so glad to be here today. Thank you for having me. I thought that would be a great way to introduce what your association does, and then the linkage of what's coming up in May. So tell us a little bit about what the St. Louis Christmas Carols Association does. Certainly. So the St. Louis Christmas Carols Association is a small but mighty nonprofit organization that's been around for 111 years here in St. Louis. It's a uniquely St. Louis organization. We empower volunteers to go out during the holiday season and raise money by going caroling in their neighborhoods and around the city. And they're raising money for grants that are given back to nonprofits that do work with kids. And some of those groups that you have given to include groups like Annie's Hope or Central Institute for the Deaf, CHADS, Coalition for Mental Health, Girls on the Run, just kind of name a few. There's a whole laundry list. That's right. Girl Scouts of Eastern Missouri, the St. Louis Children's Choirs. We have given 27 grants in the past holiday season and many more over the years. So it's a really wonderful opportunity for people, number one, to connect with their friends and family and to be a part of their community out during the holiday season, but also to give back to their communities. So I like to say it's a win-win for our volunteers. They're doing good things things for young people in our community, and they're doing good things for themselves. There's health benefits that are associated with with being a singer and and going out singing. And the thing that I love with my background in music education is that we aren't just asking for people who are experts in singing or who are professionals. This is work that is intended to empower every single person to go out and share their voice for the good of their community. Now, let's get the elephant out of the room here. And it's like, why now? Why are you having this show on right now? Yeah. So right now we are promoting a special event. So the event itself will happen in July 14th, which the Cardinals are hosting a Christmas in July ball game where they're playing the Dodgers. And we have reached out to the Cardinals and they've given us the opportunity to do a fundraiser for our nonprofit grants and also to equip our singers to go out and sing the national anthem on the field. Anybody in the St. Louis region who wants to come out and sing with us to purchase tickets to go to the game that day, we have tickets available for people who want to come down on the field and sing with us. So if you've ever imagined yourself down on that field singing the national anthem at the Cardinals game, but wondered how people were able to do that, here's an opportunity for any anybody who would be uh, welcome to do that. And then if you're a little more shy and you just have a friend who wants to come or you just want to support a good cause, you can also just attend the game with us. And uh, proceeds that we raise from the ticket sales that we do through our website for that game that day, the Christmas in July game on July 14th, will go back to supporting the grants that we offer at the end of our each holiday season for our nonprofit partners. If people are interested in doing that, what should they do? 
Certainly. They can go to our website, which is www.stlchristmascarols.org. And when you go to the website, right there on the main page at the top, there is a red banner that gives a little bit more information. Just click on that, and it'll take you in to be able to purchase the tickets and read a little bit more information. So anybody who wants to sing with us that day, we're going to selling those tickets until the end of May, and then we'll send out information so people can practice. We'll send out practice tracks and an arrangement of the National Anthem them that includes a little Christmas tag. We're working on that right now. We're very excited about that. So you can rehearse on your own with low commitment time-wise, and then we'll get together the day of the game, practice a little bit before we go out onto the field and show off. So right now we have groups who are used to caroling with us during the holidays who are getting uh, people together to come and sing with us. But really, it's an opportunity that's open to everybody. We've invited our previous carolers, but this is a great opportunity for anybody who thinks they might want to come sing the national anthem so with us to join. Christmas in July. I love that. Christmas Christmas in, in July. July. Yeah. Now, you mentioned 111 years. What's, what's the history? Go back into the history of this, because those people who are from St. Louis will recognize some of the names you're going to mention. Yeah, certainly. So 111 years ago, there was a group of businessmen that went out caroling on Kingsbury Place Avenue and realized that they were being given donations as they went. People really appreciated their singing. One of those members was one of the Danforth family, and the Danforth family continues to be supporters of ours on our board and over many years, including Bill Danforth, who was the previous chancellor of Washington University, was our board president for many years. And Don Danforth III now, who's associated with City Academy, has been a great supporter of ours, and Daniel Miller. And so anyway, that group of businessmen went out, realized people were giving donations and thought, you know what? We need to do something with this money. We don't need it ourselves, but who needs it? The Children's Home Society. So uh, that's where it started. There was a, a desire to give back that money, and they realized that it was just a beautiful tradition. And so it started there. And then over the years, it has just grown and morphed. And it continues to this day in the same spirit of spreading cheer through St. Louis and helping kids in our area. And some of the things that are collected... Like throughout the year, I'm going to guess, and also during caroling time around Christmas, are you even collect diapers and formula and food or clothing? Is that correct? So we actually equip the organizations that we work with to provide those gotcha, things. Gotcha, gotcha. So okay. we are thoroughly a pass-through nonprofit organization. Our sole role is to equip people to go out and go caroling. So when people want to go caroling for our organization, we'll provide them with song sheets and a collection can and we'll, a way to give that money back quickly to those other organizations. In September of every year, nonprofits can apply to be a partner organization with us for the coming season. And so we review those applications and, and they submit ideas of what they'd like to do if they're given a grant at the end of the holiday season. We examine those. And then in February, we are able to take, we, we count all of the money that we've collected through the holiday. All those proceeds. All those proceeds. We count those up. So it's just really a beautiful thing. We're able to then go back and write checks. This year, I wrote checks on February 14th Oh wow! with a little heart next to the, Yeah, we're so glad that you get to use this money. It, it was a beautiful way to offer a, a little love note to some organizations in our community. And this year, we were able to grant $27,000, even in the midst of COVID. Wow. We're really pleased with that because we last, last season, we only did outdoor caroling and mm -hmm. masked caroling just mm -hmm. to make sure that everybody stayed safe. Right. The year prior to that, we fully pivoted and did online virtual singing telegrams, which we 
still offered last year as well. So we've tried to be really creative in the past couple of years as to how we have gone about raising that money for the kids in our region. I'm hopeful that maybe this holiday season we'll be back to caroling in and outdoors, and but we'll do whatever we need to do to keep people safe. And so. I think I was reading that overall, over the course of the time, $3 million has been raised? Yeah, over $3 million over the course of time. We're considered a micro nonprofit. We're, mm-hmm. we're pretty small in scale, mm-hmm. but um, we are mighty in spirit. We have a, a number of volunteers. One of my favorite things has been hearing people's stories of being engaged for the past 50 or 60 years. We've been around so long. There's many people who consider us part of their holiday tradition that they just are not willing to give up. Well, so I think, I think it's pretty beautiful. Yeah, I think that's great because it, you know, Caroline used to be a very traditional, quote unquote, that's right. thing that happened. And you would, I remember as a kid, the carolers coming by and you'd open the door and listen to them. And mm-hmm. sometimes there was a donation. Sometimes it was just maybe a treat or something like that. If people are, are interested in maybe getting like a community group or a block group or a family group together, how do they go about becoming involved as quote-unquote carolers. Certainly. So they can, at this point during the year, they can get signed up on our website. Okay. Um, and they'll be put on our mailing list. And then when it comes to be time to start planning for those things, which is October for us, we'll start to send out little ideas about what's going to come up for the holiday season. But really in November is where carolers start to plan how they're going to do that for mm-hmm. the year. There's a couple ways that people can do that. So if you want to take a group out to go caroling, you could go door to door in your neighborhood. And we do offer... In, in our caroling packs, we offer door hangers that say the carolers are coming and you can let your neighbors know that in two or three days you plan to come by and around what time you plan to show up and so that they're ready for you with a donation. Sure and and it, it, the door hanger also tells where the money goes, which is really important to right. us, that there's right. transparency in what we're doing with the funds that are collected. So last year, or let's take a normal year because we haven't had a normal year for a while. Yeah, you're going to test me because I came in at the odd years. But what are uh, how many groups pre-pandemic? Yeah. Pre-pandemic, we're looking at about 300 ish, 320 wow. group caroling groups that wow. would go out throughout the na- region. Oh, and I should mention too, people could go caroling in their neighborhoods, but there's a lot of people who are maybe school groups who don't feel like they want to go in the neighborhood or mm-hmm. for whatever reason. We also partner with local public spaces. And so there's also, during the holiday season, sign-ups for local spaces on our website. Okay. So if you don't want to go in your neighborhood, you just want to show up and sing for an hour and right. go caroling, you could sign up to go caroling. Um, we had folks down at Winterfest on Keener Plaza this mm-hmm. past year. The Boulevard in Richmond Heights, which is the shopping center across from the Galleria, mm-hmm. has hosted us. And various other places around town. Some um, some different stores and things will contact us. And oh, Lambert Airport is a popular place where we send carolers. Wow. Great six uh, there. Yeah, we have the the chance to send people out to be in public spaces, maybe where they maybe don't want to go caroling in the neighborhood. They just want to be out and about. And so that's those public neat. those public spaces, those folks come to you. They don't say, "Hey, our group wants to go to the Galleria or whatever." That's right. These The spaces, we work with the spaces right. to provide the opportunity. And then people can sign up and, and can go caroling there. So you asked about the number of groups that carol. So mm-hmm. 320 pre-pandemic would number that pops into my head. And then last year, when we were caroling only outdoors and masked, we still had 111 groups. Wow. So I felt like we did a really good job, even in the midst of quite a bit of transition last year. Smallest group?
group to the largest group? We have, what, maybe four people to... More than 40. One One of our groups last year, one of our events that collected money for us was Tuba Christmas, actually. Oh, Tuba Christmas. Tuba Christmas. Which was, I want to say they had 400 people in attendance is what he told me. It can be anywhere from three or four people. We've had school groups who came and sang in public spaces for us who were 100 students. So it just depends. one, One group that I think about is the Pattonville High School Choir program Mm -hmm. has sung for us for many years. And this particular, this past year, they sang for us on multiple occasions at the airport during their finals week after they'd finished their concert. They, their directors feel really, uh, strongly that they would give back to the community Mm -hmm. as a way to share their music. And so that's something that they've done for us for a long time. That's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing. Now, how did you get involved? Certainly. I I used to be in higher education and a music educator as as in my background. And Last year, I was working as a professor at Southeast Missouri State University. Mm -hmm. I'd lived in St. Louis for two years. I'd been working there for four years. And the commute, I have two small children. And I thought to myself, I I just don't think that this is really reasonable for me to continue to do for the long term. And Mm -hmm. so I bravely stepped out and decided to look for the next thing that I would do. I wanted to be St. Louis based because it's near my family. Mm -hmm. And I saw a posting for a job. Honestly, I hadn't heard of the organization before then, before last summer. But once I started digging in, I realized I had tons of people who I had known previously professionally who had been involved. And I was hired to be the executive director. And so then it started a, a process of me diving in and hearing people's stories, the volunteers for many years prior I've been so blown away by the commitment, the stories that people tell Mm -hmm. about their experiences caroling. And as a music educator, as a singer myself, one of the things that I believe like deep in my heart is that music is for everybody and that everybody can make a difference with their voice. And doing this work has been really putting my money where my mouth has been for a long time. And it's empowering people who are maybe not trained singers or maybe don't even know that they like to sing, but they just want to do something for the community. So it's empowering people to go out and use their voice in a really positive way. And that, to me, feels really meaningful. Yeah, because I have some questions related to that. Sure. What we want to do is take a break and and come back to that because it's important to really emphasize this particular kinds of, of activities. You're a, a 5013C? Yes, we're 5013C. 5013C. And that's groups like, like yours, and we're coming up on uh, Give STL Day also. are you? We are of- participating in Give STL Day on May 5th. Uh, we're super excited. This is the first year that we've participated. So we're going to come back. I've got a lot more questions for Elizabeth. We're talking to Elizabeth Hogan. She's executive director of St. Louis Christmas Carols Association. That's stlchristmascarols.org. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. We'll be right back. You're listening to St. Louis in Tune. At St. Louis in Tune, we strive to bring you informative, useful, and reflective stories, as well as interviews about current and historic issues and events that involve people, places, and things. We cover a wide range of topics, such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports, and that's just to name a few. While St. Louis In Tune originates from the Gateway City and covers local topics, we also connect to what's going on nationally as well. If you missed any of our previously aired programs of St. Louis In Tune, simply visit stlintune.com. 
That's stlintune.com. There you'll find the show notes and everything that was mentioned in that episode and all the other great episodes as well. And if you've got an area that you'd like us to examine deeper, well, just let us know by dropping us a note at stlintune at gmail.com. That's stlintune at gmail.com. St. Louis in tune. It's heard Monday through Friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great radio stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. Our website, again, is stlintune.com. Visit us today. That's stlintune.com. Here we come to Caroline, folks, on April 29th. Because what's happening on July 14th is Christmas in July at a St. Louis Cardinals baseball game. And they are actually playing the Los Angeles Dodgers. What more for Christmas in July theme could you have to have the Dodgers come into town? And you can sing the national anthem or just come on and cheer at the game. If you want to, you need to go to stlchristmascarols.org and sign up and get some tickets. We're talking to Elizabeth Hogan. She's executive director of St. Louis Christmas Carols Association, a music educator. She's also the director of choirs at Washington University in St. Louis. And that ought to be a lot of fun. And the founder of Elevated Harmonics Studio. Yeah, lots of plates spinning, but it's all the best work (laughs) that I love doing. You've got to keep up with it all. Oh, that's it. Now, a question that uh, right before the break, you were talking about some stories that you heard from volunteers that really, my words, touched your heart, spoke to you about all of this whole process about what the St. Louis Christmas Carol Association does. Tell us a couple of those if you can. Absolutely. So one, without naming any names, one particular volunteer shared with me, she had two really challenging deaths in her family of people who are close to her and felt like the holidays, I I think many of us can probably relate to this in some way, the holidays didn't feel the same. I have two young children myself that are four and six years old and thinking of the holidays through their eyes, it's very magical. But I think when I talk to many adults, it doesn't feel that same magical way. And we're often looking for that. This particular volunteer said that she was feeling, you know, lonely during the holiday and disconnected. But she got involved with Christmas Carols Association and it put her out into the community in ways that were different than her previous experience and allowed her to find a joy in experiencing the holiday in a way that was fresh and new and not necessarily so closely tied to her previous holiday memories. And it was refreshing for her. So that was one that really stands out to me. Yeah. I also really enjoyed, we have a couple neighborhoods that have consistently done a great job in all of our neighborhoods do a great job in, mm-hmm. in raising money for our nonprofit partners. But there, the Boys and Girls Club in Soulard, Larry Lashewski is one of our area chairs there. And I've had such a fun time talking with him because he's been fundraising for our organization for many years, taking students from the Boys and Girls Club where he used to work and he's now retired, taking them out into the community to raise money and having the chance to bring kids who are currently at the Boys and Girls Club um, into businesses that are owned by former Boys and Girls Club attendees. Oh, that's great. And, and having the chance to share with them there and allow the, the community to see the kids who they're helping as they're doing that fundraising. Larry had great stories about that and that process over the many years. It, just things like that where I'm hearing about our volunteers connecting with their neighbors mm-hmm. in new ways. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, hearing about our volunteers who are seeing their work in action Mm -hmm. 
right? By the groups that are going out and about. Some of the other things that I think have been really fun to to experience are just the little bits of history that the organization has collected over the years. When I came into our office, we have an office in Clayton. Mm -hmm. And when I first stepped into the office, I noticed on the wall, there were these four albums, these four record albums, like finals and framed on the wall and as the the fall went on one of these albums the the red one it had a beautiful cover of carolers singing against essentially like apartment buildings and houses townhomes and it it was it's just a really beautiful st louis christmas background and I, I ended up, we wanted to do a giveaway on our social media this year. So I put the record on, on my turntable at my house and recorded it, made a video of it to post on our social media. And as I was listening through, this particular album was created in the 70s, in the mid 70s. And it was, it's just charming. It is a radio show that goes back and forth between spoken word readings and also sung performances. Hmm by people who are known in the area. And one of my favorites is the St. Louis football Cardinals right. sing shouting, we wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's just so cute. And I, so I started to imagine what might it be like if we had connections with singers and performers today, what might that look like in 2023? And th we've had these moments of little serendipity. So if Erin Bodie, the local yes, jazz singer, yes. she is not living locally anymore, but she still performs so widely in this area. Mm -hmm. One of our volunteers reached out to me and said, because I had told her about my vision about this album. And one of our volunteers sent me a text message and said, Elizabeth, have you seen Erin Bodie's Christmas posting on her social media? She posted a picture of this album. This particular red St. Louis Christmas Carols album and said that wow. and she and I've now talked about it and started brainstorming, Very but she grew up listening to that album every holiday Wow! in Minnesota. Wow. So it, it, the connections that yeah. I, I find as I'm going uh, about the day, I take donations after we count them, we take them to the bank at Commerce Bank. And I went into the bank at, here in Webster and was making a deposit. And the woman behind the counter, the cashier said, Oh, you work with the St. Louis Christmas Carols Association? I caroled with them growing up every year oh for 35 gosh. years. And she said, I moved to two other states and now I'm back. But in each of those states, I'd always ask, is there a Christmas Carols Association? And no. Wow. She said there never was one. And it's such a unique thing to St. Louis. So you don't know of any other nationally? I do not know of any other nationally. Wow. I've done some, I have, I'm a pretty good Google searcher. Yeah. And I've done some poking around and I haven't found anything that's exactly like us. There, there are other groups that encourage caroling, but right. nothing that really embodies the community in the mm -hmm. way that we do and empowering people to go out into the community and be a part of their shared space and taking up that collection to do good with it after. That really speaks to the vision that uh, the Danforths had and in initiating this and it was just an off-the-cuff kind of thing. Yeah, at first. And, and then it just it's really entrenched in the fabric of the St. Louis area and good for you St. Louis you're, you're number one in something here we want to highlight. It's just this beautiful opportunity to be a part of our community. That's the thing that continues to strike me. When I go out and see our caroling groups, I'll, I'll often during the holiday go stop in and, and, and poke my head in and take pictures and see what the groups that are out in public spaces are doing. And it always 
takes my breath away Mm -hmm. to watch a group that's caroling downtown and look up and see the arch and see the city all decorated or to go to go into these spaces that are beautifully done up for the holiday and see that the joy that is on people's faces as they're moving about the space i think that's something that we as a city need especially with this pride of pride of ownership right like we we own the space and we care for it and we want to do well by our neighbors and i we're certainly not the only organization that empowers people to do that but i think what we do has a really beautiful spot in our city when do when do the carolers start what time in december do they sure so we our first event last year was mid-november okay and we run events all the way through december 25th and if anybody asks beyond we also have a a group of carolers who do costumed caroling okay. for holiday parties and, and events. So like madrigals uh, they, kinds of they are like madrigals. <laughs> they have a whole set of Christmas carols in harmony all prepared. Wow. And so those are, are also volunteers who are doing that, but they are we charge a flat rate for booking that group called the Kingsbury Place Singers. That's for people who have a little bit more experience who mm-hmm. want to volunteer. Mm-hmm. But again, we have space for anybody who wants to be a part of our organization and do good in our community. I have another big question for Elizabeth, but I want to highlight again stlchristmascarols.org stlchristmascarols.org and this is for the game that is the with the St. Louis Cardinals that's on July the 14th. 14th with the Los Angeles Dodgers and if you want to be a part of singing the national anthem on field with the pregame anyone can join just go to stlchristmascarols.org and you can get more information it's got the big red christmas carol item on there So last question here, Elizabeth, and it deals with music. I have a musical background. The importance of music, you mentioned that. You mentioned health benefits. Mm -hmm. You mentioned it really empowers people who don't even sing or play an instrument, maybe. Discuss a little bit more. I know we've got brief time, but music has meant to you and how it really influences society and the culture in which we live. Certainly. That's if a big loaded question. I, hey, I, I could talk for days about okay. this. Okay. This is what I love. I grew up in a little town here in Missouri, Fulton, in okay. the center yeah. of the state. Um, and so to me, I grew up in a family. My mom is a music teacher until she retired from public school teaching. And music to me growing up included band and church music and choir and performing in musical theater and, and just the opportunity to be in community with people. Mm-hmm. So the lens that I see music through is completely community-based. I I completed my PhD in music education, and the research that I did was looking at school and community partnerships. If that just gives you a sense for where my heart is, it's really tying communities to making music together and the benefits of that. Mm -hmm. So I'll jump ahead a little bit. I think communities need music. It's a way that we bind ourselves together. So I could get a little researchy and talk about the benefits of singing together. So Mm -hmm. one thing that we know that does for communities of people, singing synchronizes the breath because you're taking breaths at the end of every phrase. And so what that does is allow people's breathing and then in turn, their heart rates to sync up. And so there's a shared sense of of experience that Mm -hmm. happens in groups of people that sing together. Additionally, there are really nice hormones that are released in the body when you're right. singing. One of the things that I love about singing personally, just as a singer, is the vibration right. that I feel in my body when I sing. And as I've dug more into that, there's a book called, uh, by Bessel van der Kolk called The Body Keeps Score. 
Mm. And I read it as part of my yoga teacher training that I completed last year. But that book was really eye-opening to me and honestly launched the work that I do with Elevated Harmonics, which is my private music and education studio. Mm-hmm. It Looking at the ways that our body holds experiences Mm -hmm. and also releases experiences over time. The vagus nerve, which Mm -hmm. runs up and down the spinal column, is Mm -hmm. so important to the way that our body and our brain communicate Mm -hmm. with one another, um, with everything from the rate of breath, just every system in our body is connected to that. When people do not experience um, as good vagus nerve tone, vagal nerve tone, some of the exercises that are prescribed for people to increase the communication between the brain and body, which allows the body to feel calmer, the nervous system to calm down, include singing, breathing, coordinated movement like yoga. But it's just fascinating to me. And one of the things as I was reading that book and looking at the diagrams that are a part of it that really struck me was if people don't want to sing, one of the things that's prescribed for them to improve their vagus nerve tone is gargling. Interesting. And I read that and I thought, gargling, that's great. But if you have to choose between singing and gargling to make this beautiful communication between your brain and your body. Mm What a beautiful thing singing is because it puts you in community with other people. One of the things that we know about trauma and hard experiences is when oftentimes those things cement in our body when we don't have other people to share our experience with that we've um, gone through or we don't have like a safe place that Mm -hmm. allows us to process Mm -hmm. those experiences. And singing is one of the ways that we can um, loosen or undo that stress in the body and allow people to get back to a nervous system that's regulated. Yeah. Release that stress. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, even people who don't know this, these, the facts behind it can relate to that experience in either listening to or making music with other people. That that makes perfect sense. And when you're doing that with other people, you're in sync with them. Mm -hmm. You're getting to know them in a, what I'm going to call like a different kind of soulful way. Absolutely. And you're sharing an experience that other people can't experience. Absolutely. When you're doing that. I really appreciate you coming on uh, to the show. We've been talking to Elizabeth Hogan. She's executive director of St. Louis Christmas Carols Association, stlchristmascarols.org, folks, for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals-Dodgers game on July the 14th. You need to get in there, get those tickets, go on the field and sing the national anthem. Even if your camp don't want to do that, you can go to the game. You can donate some money. Elizabeth, thanks for coming to St. Louis in Tune. Thank you so much for having me today. It's been a joy. It's been a lot of fun. We appreciate you listening to this episode of St. Louis in Tune. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out our website, stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. St. Louis in Tune is produced in cooperation with KWRH 92.9 FM and Motif Media Group. For St. Louis in Tune, I'm Arnold Stricker.